I'm Cynthia James, and this network is about changing lives one woman at a time. Welcome to Women Awakening. I'm your host, Cynthia James, and I'm very excited to be with you. I get the honor of introducing you to powerful women, inspirational women, change makers, women who have decided to step into their power. And so they're guiding us with their wisdom. And so I'm so grateful that you're here and that you get to meet them. And uh, I want you to know that you can subscribe. We're on iTunes, iHeart, Spreaker, Amazon, YouTube, go any of those places and just sign up. And every week you will meet an extraordinary woman. Today, I get to introduce you to Jennifer Mannion. She's an international best-selling author, a speaker, highly sought after intuitive, self-love activator, and media personality. She graduated from Penn State with a BA in psychology, and she had this keen interest in how minds work. It was through healing herself from seven years of several debilitating chronic diseases in three weeks, by the way, that she found her passion to help others. She's an intuitive healer, a mind-body-spirit mentor, an energetic catalyst, and she inspires people to connect with their inner power, develop greater healing and expansion, and create the lives they desire. She is certified in over 15 healing modalities, including reconnective healing, the Akashic Records, and shamanism. Oh, my goodness. Jenny, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to have you on the show. I am so excited to be here, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me. So I, I, let's start with where you came from, how you grew up, you know, because a lot of women think that people just dropped into success <laughs> without understanding how they came on the planet. I grew up a child of two very young parents, 17 and 18 years old in New York City. So grew up with not a ton of money or, you know, resources, but my mom kind of call her like an ex-hippie. She just passed about a year ago, a little over a year ago. She was my best friend and an example of unconditional love. So I will say that she was definitely a catalyst for me getting into work like this because she always helped people. So I always love to help people as well. And are you an only child? I am an only child. Wow. And so, um, so you graduated from school, but you they were talking about the debilitating diseases. When did that start? It started about a year after I had my first born. So I think I was about 30. Yeah. And it lasted until about 37. So it was seven years and I, you keep going to doctors, you keep getting diagnoses. I had four diagnoses. I was in chronic pain all the time. Sometimes I could barely get out of bed. Sometimes I was crawling down the stairs, passing out in pain, vomiting in pain. Um, wasn't given a good prognosis at all. Was told I would probably wind up in a wheelchair and that I would be in chronic pain for the rest of my life. Wow. Okay. So, so then I need to know what happened it took a leap that in three weeks you could heal yourself. I changed my thoughts, which changed my energy and created new cells. There are a couple of catalysts for that, meeting a woman who didn't think of me as sick Jenny 
I had really denied pain pills because I was afraid of what pain pills would do if I started them in my mid thirties. When I met her, I would take like half the dosage. So I was able to go for a walk. So getting out in nature and being with another woman who saw me, who saw me, who wasn't judging me for, because I was always judging myself. I'm not a good enough mom. I'm not a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough daughter, but saw me. I started to recognize myself again and seeing the movie, The Secret was another catalyst. Realized that gratitude was huge. I was not expressing gratitude, realizing that my thoughts were perpetuating some of these things. I was a psychology major, but no one really told me doctors don't really tell you to look at your thoughts. So (laughs) I really started to was like, you know what, I'm going to cancel my doctor appointments for now and just keep the one where I have to, I was on a blood thinner at the time. They told me I had to go every week for that. Other than that, I canceled doctors and was like, I'm going to read Deepak Chopra. I'm going to watch Wayne Dyer videos. I'm going to, I read Caroline Mace, really read inspirational teachers that taught me that I was more than my limiting thoughts. Wow. Well, I love that. And I, um, I, w- I want to talk about being seen. You know, because um, you said she saw you and then you repeated it. And, and I, you know, I feel that there are so many women that I work with who haven't felt seen or heard in their lives, you know? Uh, and so talk to me for you, wh- why is it important to be seen? Because we adapt so many roles. And as women, you know, we're supposed to balance all these plates and wear a smile while doing them. You know, mother, wife, daughter, possibly sister. You know, we're all these roles, but who are you really? And that's what I recognized. I didn't remember who I was anymore. I was these roles that I was very good at criticizing myself over, by the way. But I didn't remember who I was anymore. So to have a friend really ask you those questions, you know, that it's almost like that crush at first, you know, like you're so excited to share and to get to know each other. And it has you reflecting inward. Oh, yeah, I do love these things. And I do love these things about myself. And I do have these passions and gifts. And it kind of reignites that when someone actually sees those things in you and validates them. Oh, absolutely. I, I think being seen as one of the greatest gifts that can happen for someone because all of a sudden you relax and you just allow your authentic self to come forward. So, so you were in the process of changing your thoughts and doing connecting to all of these healers and teachers. So what happened in three weeks? I started listening to myself talk, which was horrendous, always criticizing myself and started focusing on where I wanted my attention. I was focusing on my pain, which pain is very attention getting. I I understand why people focus on their pain, but by focusing on how much my legs hurt, that was generally where the pain was. It wasn't inspiring me. I started focusing on my fingers. My fingers don't hurt. Guess what? That means there's healthy cells in my body. If there's healthy cells there, there can be healthy cells other places. Really focusing my attention on gratitude and on what was good instead of what wasn't good and the horrible what ifs that we go to. What if I can't drive my kids? What if I can't do this? Instead, start focusing on what if I felt a little better? You know, what if tomorrow was a little better than today. 
and really understanding that I was contributing to my own energy. I love that. Um, well, and, and the thing is, is like, we're not taught in this culture to think that way. We're taught to look for what's wrong, look for the challenge and then try to fix it, not look for the good and try to amplify it. And so at the end of three weeks, what did you notice? I was totally better. I didn't need any pain pills. I felt like I was reborn. <laughs> I was, I woke up full of energy. I had no more pain. I had no more pain in my body. Wow, that's incredible. So talk to me a little bit about your work. Do you work with people individually? Do you, you know, how, how do you work with people? I do work with people individually. I have clients that come to me for physical ailments, for relationship issues, anything that they're ready to change in their life. We get really into our habits and behaviors. And sometimes you just need a little guide. And I'm told I feel like a best friend a lot of times. I see the best in people. I see people's gifts. And I'm able to reflect that back to them. And through the energy healing modalities I use. But also the mind is so important to be able to just start having someone, like we talked about before, that sees you. And that validates those beautiful things in you so you can start seeing them and, and changing, you know, and recognizing your self-worth and saying, hey, maybe I do deserve a better relationship. Maybe I do deserve to speak kinder to myself. And that starts changing everything. You know, I also have things like where I work with a group where, you know, I have an app where there's a community and I work with people. I love working with groups. I led a women's group for eight years. I love working with groups as well. It's so wonderful for women to reflect back. Oh, I've had that experience too, you know, and we all have gone through similar things and it helps to have those different perspectives. Yeah. So some of the people that may be new to this show may not know what an intuitive healer is and may not know what shamanism is. So can you, you know, what is an intuitive healer and, and how does it work? Intuitive healer is someone that really sees you, that looks in to you, kind of sees, connects with your soul and understands what, what tools might resonate with you, what healing modalities might resonate with you and can really reflect back your gifts so that you begin to heal, you begin to start running a better inner dialogue, you begin to start working on those traumatic parts of yourself, it can reflect back that self-forgiveness and really give you the tools that you need to heal. I don't believe that anyone heals anyone else. You know, I believe that we are a catalyst for that other person so they, they can tap into that inner wisdom and start to heal themselves. And so what you are doing is, as an intuitive, inviting people to step into their intuitive nature and, and bring it forward. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. So then and talk to me about shamanism. You know, I mean, people talk about shamans and I, you know, I've spent time with shamans in different parts of the world. But 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 what is a shaman and what is shamanism? It is really the connection to the elements, the connection to ancestors, the connection to all that is. And again, the shaman isn't this miraculous healer, the shaman leads you on a journey to begin to collect your soul pieces, to begin to collect those pieces of yourself that have been traumatized. So you can become more whole. So you can recognize 
that you are complete, that you are a loving being. It can use the nature elements. I love shamanism. You use rocks and nature and healing is so exciting to me. That's been something that has helped me a lot to heal through the grief of losing my mom over the last year. It has really helped me to connect as well as just to the ancestors that the energy that is always present for us, that unconditional love. Yeah. Well, I, I really um, would love to just investigate with you. I mean, you have this rich, full life and you're a mother and you have a relationship. So talk to me about how you live in harmony with all these parts working. I meditate every morning. <laughs> that is the first thing. <laughs> That's the most important thing. And honestly, Cynthia, that, that was something I tried to put in place for the last 15 years. And it wasn't until my mom passed that I could start doing that because she was my call every morning. She was my, we we're both up ridiculously early at like 5 a.m. and would talk to each other. And she was my joy in the morning. So after she passed, I was like, how can I do that for myself? How can I show up for myself in this deeper way? And to meditate every morning is so important to me to get myself in that right space, because I do have a busy mind. I've been teaching this stuff 15 years. I still have a busy mind. It's really important to take that time to just center, to go inward and to connect with my soul. I'm a big fan of energy. I love connecting to energy, connecting to my heart, really calling in that love from my mom, from you know my partner, from my kids, from pets that I've had. I mean, really calling in that love and feeling it is so important because we get so many distractions during the day that can take us away from that center and love that make us feel discouraged and disempowered. So as often as possible, it really is connecting to that love and gratitude that brings things to harmony. Yeah. Yeah. I know for, for me, I had to find, you know, you know, what were my priorities? How do I take care of myself first? Yes. How do I stand in love with my husband, with my children, my grandchildren, and, and, and still feel fulfilled in my calling. And so sometimes it's a delicate balance, you know, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, how do you keep all of this in a way that, that allows you to still feel um, rejuvenated? Yeah. And self-care and joy, you know, you, you tapped into that is really important. Self-care on so many levels, the self-talk, the self-love, connecting on the spiritual level, as well as joy, giving yourself permission to live your joys. A lot of times as busy women, we make every excuse in the book. Oh, I got to take care of this and I got to take care of that. No, we all have time to take care of ourselves and we need to take care of ourselves and we can do these little windows of time too what about in the shower what are you saying to yourself in the shower how are you nurturing yourself in the shower i have my clients come up with a top 10 list of things that they love to do and it could be little things like taking a warm bath or having a cup of tea or going out for a walk around the block with a friend things that make them feel good for them and i ask them to do one of those things a day for themselves it can be something that takes five minutes, but we need to reaffirm that we are worthy of taking that time. Yes, absolutely. So from your point of view, what do you think is the biggest challenge for women on the planet today? I think we feel like we have to do too much and we do put everyone first and 
we're hearing limiting messages that we might have gotten, you know, I'm 52, you know, there were limiting messages when I was growing up about what a woman could do and really overcoming those and overcoming any, any traumas, I mean, any limiting beliefs to know that we're worthy of being a leader. We're worthy of stepping into our gifts and not letting any of the things from the past stop us. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you, you've got this app um, and you, you're a best-selling author. You know, when you were sitting down to write, did you feel confident that you knew what, what you were doing or did you just have to surrender to the process? Oh, I surrender. The best, the best things I've ever written is when I don't even remember what I've written after. <laughs> you know, it is through me. It is, you know, the best poems I've ever written are the ones that come in five minutes that mm -hmm. are through me. And with my book, because it was so many short chapters, it was beautiful because I could be like, okay, you know, this today, I feel like this is calling me with Love 365. It's the same thing, the app, because it's 365 days of self-love, different topics on self-love. So whatever is calling to me that day, I can really let that come to me instead of if I sit down and force myself to write, that is not happening. You know, it really needs to be inspired thought and just connecting to that and letting go and allowing myself to, yeah, just, just be in flow and connect with whatever wants to come out. Yeah. And I think it's so important because you know, a lot of times when we're trying to push the river, you know, we don't allow ourselves to to be in that intuitive knowing and to really listen to what's being downloaded. So that surrender part is an extraordinary gift, I believe, you know, to take us to another level. It sure is. And well, it's hard to get past that critical mind sometimes, but it is so worth it. Absolutely. So how do people find you? They can find me on my website, jennymanion.com, J-E-N-N-Y-M-A-N-N-I-O-N.com. And there's a seven-day trial for Love 365, where I actually have a, a little thing on self-love through each chakra every day. And it ends with a self-love through the chakras meditation. So really reawakening that power through each chakra in our body so we can start connecting to that inner diagnostic system and feel empowered. That's beautiful, dinnymanion.com. So I ask each guest the very same question. This show is called Woman Awakening. What is the one thing you need, you think women need to know about the importance of their awakening? You're worthy. You have gifts that no one else has. You are unique. You are beautiful. The world needs you. Be kind and loving to yourself, especially in the healing process as stuff comes up. It is worth it. It's worth the inner work to not repeat your patterns, not repeat the behaviors, and just show up for yourself like I'm sure you've showed up for so many other people in your life. Oh, that is beautiful, Denny. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you're on the show and that you're out in the world making a difference on this planet. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for the work that you do and for having me on. So ladies, like I said, we do this every week. And Jenny said it so beautifully. I, I want to remind you that you're an original imprint. There's not another you on this planet. There's not another person that came here to do what you came to do the way you came to do it. So I want to remind you that 
that the women that I interview here are just giving you tidbits of information and wisdom that can take you to the next level. Trust your process, trust your life, trust that the universe has you. Thank you so much. And I will see you next time.